Pokemon is an undeniable obsession with children across the country. So what exactly is a Pokemon? Cute, cuddly characters who become supercharged so they can fight their enemies. It's a Japanese term short for pocket monster. Pokemon are incredible creatures that share the world with humans. It began as a video game from Japan and has become an international phenomenon in the form of books, music, videos, a TV show, and trading cards in the hands of school kids all over the world. Well, Pokemon has swept the world. Little, reclusive, power-filled monsters. Characters named Pikachu, Mankey, and Snorlax. School officials are finding that Pokemon cards are responsible for fistfights. And the Pokemon is creating a monster of a commotion for American kids. They get into fights, but no one dies. Parents should not let their kids watch Pokemon, play hey, Pokemon, buy Pokemon cards. Welcome to, to video Pokemon. games, the movie, the podcast. Uh, not to be confused with another podcast that I uh, recently found out about uh, with the very similar name. Uh, I am your host as always, Dan. But who am I? Am I just a weapon created to do the will of my forebears? Or can I become something greater? Command my own destiny. For now, I'm your co-host, Maxie. <laughs> and we have a guest. I'm Emery. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We have a guest today. Hello, I'm Emery, and actually podcasters are just weapons to be used by their listeners. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh, I mean, I usually, whenever I'm listening to a podcast, it's usually a weapon against focusing on my job. <laughs> <laughs> so true. That's what's good about them. They they decrease productivity. Listen, at some point you need to make a trade-off between productivity and morale, and it's either listening to podcasts or starting to day drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, if you're a manager, you can get away with both. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this week, where uh, what? Or this month, we're watching uh, Pokemon, the first movie, aka Mewtwo Strikes Back. Uh. But before- I've also seen Mewtwo versus Mew, but I don't yeah. know if that's an official title or just like a tagline. I I've seen that too. Uh I have I did watch this on VHS and I do have the VHS nearby and it just has a lot of information on it. Uh uh they they uh really wanted to- they want you to know as much as possible about what's going on in this movie. Uh, so, uh, before we really get into it, uh, we gotta talk about what games we're playing, and we gotta talk about uh, the Mario movie trailer. I'll, I'll tell you, I have been stomping uh, Koopas since I was a kid, and... I am not very excited about this movie. It looks like literally every children's movie released in the past decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. It's it's got Mario in it. That's about that's about all it looks like. It's got about. I mean, 
Maybe I I I'm, I might I might pirate it just to see Bowser. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, we've got Chris Pratt as Mario, Jack Black as Bowser, uh, and numerous other celebrities playing numerous other Mario characters. Uh, uh, I I gotta say, uh, I think Jack Black's performance is gonna be good. He, oh, Jack Black is great. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's a consummate professional and accomplished voice actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the most Bowser man in Hollywood. Uh, there. I'm. I'm not so excited about Chris Pratt as Mario. Um, fascinating how literally everyone was right about the, uh, the decision to cast Chris Pratt as Mario. They really, we, we all just collectively nailed it 100%. Mm-hmm. He sounds bad. Uh, I, I, I think people aren't being fair when he's, they say he's not doing a voice at all, but he's not doing enough of a voice. He has, like, I noticed, like, a little slight bit of an attack, of, of, like, a New York accent, you know? Uh. It's barely anything, though. Yeah, if, listen, if you don't watch, if you don't watch this movie, you're gonna turn into a Goomba. So, eat up, eat up, folks. Uh. The, there's uh I I've got my slop trough ready in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh there's uh what else did I I I can't think of anything else I really wanted to say about the trailer. Uh I kind of like how it looks, but like that I think that goes without saying that they can make it look good. Uh Here here's <laughs> the thing. It's sort of the logical inverse of the original Mario movie, right? Mm-hmm. Because they've clearly put a lot of effort into making the setting faithful to the world of the games while still feeling, like, full and real in its own right. Mm-hmm. And I do not see a single bit of passion in that. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I it, I think it's going to be accurate but boring. As opposed to... The first Mario movie, which will be known as the good Mario movie moving forward, mm-hmm. um, which just went completely into left field, did a bunch of crazy bullshit, but you could tell they were passionate about that crazy bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And say what you will about Bob Hoskins, he clearly hated working there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, famously it was documented, but like... He put he put in the work. Yeah, Bob Hoskins. That, that man Marioed it up. Bob Hoskins has a British accent and was able to do more of a New York accent than an American. So, uh, good on him. What a legend. Uh, I I I do want to shout out the design of Bowser's castle in that trailer though, because that does look sick as fuck. Yeah, I also like there were like a couple Koopas that showed up in like the crowd shots and i they had like fun designs uh there was like one with like a little eye patch uh i think there were some like just sort of fun evil villainy looking koopas in there uh let's see i think that's all i gotta say oh right charlie day making luigi noises is perfect uh he got it he got it in one uh so, uh, with that said, 
Uh, what games have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a few different things. Um, Victoria 3 comes out in three days, and I've been trying to stave off my desire to play that. Uh, so I was playing a lot of Europa Universalis 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was also trawling through my Steam backlog, just be like, oh, what games do I want to revisit? So I've been playing uh, Slay the Spire Downfall, which is this fan expansion that you can get. Um, really quite robust. Uh, it lets you play an alternate game mode where you're one of the game's normal bosses. Hmm. Um, I was playing this game. Uh, it's got a long-ass name. I think it's A Monster's Expedition Through Puzzling Exposition... Exhibitions, excuse me. Um, and that's like a slidey block pushy puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does some interesting stuff. It adds like a lot of small mechanics that work together very nicely, which I'm always a fan of. Uh, and I've been playing the game Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight, which... Uh, it, it's kind of like Hollow Knight in that it is a Metroidvania that's clearly drawing a lot of like inspiration in how it builds its lore from Dark Souls and the like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that game. It looks neat. It's tough, but I'm enjoying it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been playing two ga- games. The main one, of course, is Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, I have... Made my way through the uh, point in the patch quests where Shadowbringers is officially over. Uh, I uh, have sort of been taking it easy, uh, exploring the side stuff that I neglected in the past. Uh, uh, like the other day, I finished like these this like series of like trial missions from uh, from Heaven's Word. Uh, I I've been unlocking stuff. I've been leveling. It's it's been fun. Uh the other game I played is uh uh Sucker for Love, which is a uh visual uh, it is a horror comedy visual novel inspired by uh uh well, it is a horror comedy visual novel inspired by 90s anime and uh uh the the uh, Cthulhu Mythos. Uh there are like three girls based on uh uh Cthulhu uh, Haster and Jan Larsotep. Uh, I think it's pretty solid, actually. Like, it's surpri- it manages to be both very funny and very scary. Uh, it, uh, it, it, uh, manage, it's, it's got a lot of detail to it. Great voice acting. Uh, honestly, not a, not a bad thing to spend $9.99 on. Uh, uh, I know there's a sequel in development, and I might get that when that comes out. Uh, and I think that's been it for me. Uh, Emery, have you been playing anything lately? Uh, not a whole lot, no. I haven't had much gaming energy lately, but I guess, like, the last last game I touched was, uh... Uh, Sonic Colors Ultimate. I, I went and oh. S-ranked a few levels of that... It is an okay Sonic game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Colors is fun. Uh Yeah. It's it's not as fun to S rank the the levels in that game compared to like most other Sonic games just because like I think it makes you do a lot of silly things in order to get points. Like for some bosses, like sometimes the only way to S rank is just to do like 
just a bunch of side steps, so you're just kind of like flicking the control stick back and forth, like kind of pointlessly for the 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 whole run. Also, like it does make you use a lot of color powers if you want to get those point bonuses, and not all of the color powers are necessarily fun to use. So. Mm. Yeah, I don't like every aspect of it, but it's certainly very solid. All right. So, uh, uh, so we've got this movie. Uh, before I, I, I fully get into it, I do want to, uh, uh, bring up a few things. Oh, shit. Hang on. I should grab my phone. It's got my notes in it. Give me a second. Take your time. All right, I'm back. Uh, so, uh, uh, it's 1999. Uh, Pokemon has swept the nation. Uh, and in fact, it has swept the world. Uh, you're, you're six or seven years old. You've got Pokemon cereal. You've got Pokemon Pop-Tarts. You've got Pokemon waffles. You've got all these delicious Pokemon foods. You've got Pokemon on the TV, Pokemon on your trading cards, uh, Pokemon on your Game Boy. It's everywhere. So naturally, it's time for the Pokemon movie. I just wanted to paint that little picture. Um, I can't wait to drag my dad to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Twin Towers are still up and everything's okay. Uh, uh, let's see. <laughs> Uh, so... I'm just, I'm just picturing... <laughs> well, what if the plane was a Moltrix? <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> uh, no, that... They can melt steel beams, mm-hmm. I'm told. Mm-hmm. I would have to consult the Pokedex to be sure. Yeah, I just made that up. Mm-hmm. That seems like a thing that Moltres could do, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I decided to, uh, watch this... On VHS, because I happen to have a VCR and a VHS copy lying around. Uh, and I just want to go over some of the things you watch before the movie starts. Uh, oh, let's go. Uh, you get uh, a selection of previews, uh, including one talking about how uh, as we enter the 21st century, uh, all... All VHS tapes from 1999 are going to be on a discount. Uh, we get an ad for a Mary-Kate and Ashley film called Switching Goals, where I guess they swap places or something. Uh, there's soccer in it. Uh, we get an ad for the Iron Giant that makes it look much more uh, action-packed than the actual film is. Uh, we get an ad for one of the Scooby-Doo OVAs, Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders. It's uh Yeah, that one's classic. Yeah, it's uh It's no zombie island. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's like framed like a sort of uh it's like it's got like this X file style framing. Uh coming this fall of two thousand, uh the Joker is going to be in Batman Beyond or there's gonna be a Batman OVA called 
Return of the Joker. Uh, there's an ad for the Pokemon movie soundtrack, which I think is mostly all the songs that played in the credits. Uh, mm-hmm. we get an ad for Kids WB. Uh, we get Professor Oak telling you about how there's go- we're going to watch Pikachu's Vacation, then Mewtwo Strikes Back, and then a little preview for the next movie. Uh, Pikachu's, Pikachu the movie, or Pikachu's Vacation, is, uh, it's just a sort of little goofy 15 minute short of, like, uh, Pikachu, uh, and all of, uh, our heroes, Pokemon, going on a little, uh, vacation adventure. Uh, it, uh, does feature a lot of weird interstitial, like, transitions where it's like, Here's a Pokemon, here's a bunch of, of one type of Pokemon on screen doing like a weird thing or just like a weird little transition. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's all I wanted to go over before we started the movie proper. Did it show up? Did, did Meryl show up in, uh, yeah, Meryl was in vacation? it. That would have been like one of the first yeah. appearances of it, right? Yeah, yeah, there, I think they're, in Pikachu's Vacation are a bunch of, like, first-time-ever Gen 2 Pokemon. Um, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I, I, I legit have not watched that short since I, since I saw this movie in, in theaters, like, 20-plus years ago, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll take your word for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Our movie begins with, like, a little, uh, narration about, uh, this team of scientists going out to find DNA of Mew for Giovanni. Uh. Yeah, so this whole sequence, my understanding is that it was, like, cut from some releases, but then restored in the VHS release? Yeah, I think so. There's also a different short that isn't in the uh, VHS release, but is also, like, more, like, backstory for... Mewtwo. Uh, I believe it, yeah. it uh, came with uh, the releases for the uh, next Mewtwo story, which was uh, Mewtwo Strike. I think it's called Mewtwo's Return? Uh, yeah, Mewtwo Returns. Yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, this the, the little Mewtwo Origins short, like I think it was the I, I watched a fan sub version that like had the the Mewtwo Origins short in like as part of the movie um I, and yeah but I know it is separated as as a short for some versions of it mm-hmm. um I can I can talk about that short a little bit if we want before we get into the uh the movie proper yeah yeah um yeah so uh so we 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 get baby Mewtwo. He's very little and cute. Uh and he's uh yeah, like we 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 go through, we see the scientists like, you know, talking about Mew and how it's this cool legendary pokemon associated with many legends and they find this little eyelash and you know, start start making a clone out of it. And, and, and it's, it's little Mewtwo. We, it's, it's, it's our guy. Uh, so, they're just like floating in a tank, uh, just, 
you know, having having some thoughts, like wondering what the heck is going on. Um, and then and then they meet a little girl uh, who is named, I think, Amber in the in the English dub, and uh, and I in in the Japanese. Now, to be clear, she's not yeah. just Amber; she's Amber too. Amber too, exactly. Um. This is some real Shadow and Maria shit. Oh, you know? yeah, it sure absolutely. is. And yeah, so Amber is like not a clone. She is like a computer generated like psyche no, that the I'm, lead scientist wants I'm... to put into a clone body. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Um so she's like she has the memories of this lead scientist's dead daughter and like it's going through like you know they're Mewtwo and and I2 and like the three starter pokemon clones that are also there in the lab are like floating around in her memories Mewtwo is learning about like things from the outside world from this mem- from these memories like sunlight and wind uh and 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 yeah they're just kind of vibing in this psychic dream escape and it's very pretty uh but then everyone starts dying um yeah also they, i they, forget they are I largely forget, non-viable yeah. clones yeah i forget when exactly this happened but like at some point we get a scene of like the lead we, we get a flashback of like the lead scientist like you know, getting so absorbed in his work, trying so hard to bring his daughter back to life that his wife leaves him, which is very, very funny. Mm-hmm. Being like, hey, you kind of need to stop this and move on. I, I I, know you got your funny little computer program there, but my dude, she is dead and you need to accept that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can hey. kind of see why they didn't like release this for American audiences in 1999. Yeah, I do also think that like, it goes a bit slowly and it's a bit repetitive at parts, so I can understand mm. wanting to cut it down from that perspective. But I do feel like having this in provides a lot of interesting context for Mewtwo as a character. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah. Oh, he, he's he he went evil and blew up a bunch of guys. Yeah, and like, it it definitely establishes like some thematic stuff that's going to come back later. That, yeah. a, a very a very key point in this whole prologue is uh Amber 2 talking about a bedtime story she used to hear about mm-hmm. how when Pokémon were sad and they cried, their tears were filled with life. Mm-hmm. It's different in the sub. Um and and I think it is like less like explanatory of the plot and more just like uh uh it's more just like establishing of the themes because actually like one of the first things that Mewtwo asks when they come to consciousness is like hey am uh like I is talking about like humans and Pokemon and Mewtwo is like hey am I am I a uh what which one am I and I is like well you look like a Pokemon but you're using human language so. And then also, like, when, when she says the thing about crying, she says that, like, you know, uh, like, uh, Pokemon, well, uh, she says that, uh, that only humans, you know, shed tears when they're sad. Other, or, yeah, other creatures will, like, shed tears when they're hurt, but humans shed tears because of emotions. And then Mewtwo is crying because I is, is dying. I too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, 
the uh prologue we get in the uh VHS release uh we get like uh them explaining how uh Giovanni gets them to make uh a super pokemon using the DNA of Mew like they could just make another Mew but he wants something bigger and better uh, and sexier and sexier it needs like really thick thighs exactly uh, I made this sick suit of armor. I need someone big enough to wear it. Yeah. I, uh, listen, the Doom guy is not returning my calls. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, so, <laughs> uh, he gets made, uh, he's sort of being used as like a tool, uh, for, su- for, uh, he like blows up the lab. He's mm-hmm. got telepathy. Uh, he he goes apeshit murder mode because everybody here just thinks of him as an experiment, not as a guy. Yeah, he they're they're all asking like, why was I born? For what purpose do I exist? And they're like, I don't know. We made you. It that isn't that sick. And Mewtwo is like, I want a reason for my being. You That's exist not... to enrich the highest bidder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, isn't that great? Uh, by the way, uh, now that you've blown up the lab, he's here. Uh, you can be partners and control the world together. Uh, I, Giovanni, like, does the stupidest plan here, mm-hmm. where it's uh-huh. like, okay, he went fucked up murder mode and killed my entire science team. That's good. I don't have to pay them now. I'll I'll offer him partnership, and then. Once he accepts that, I'm going to start being like, actually, I tell you what to do, and you got to do whatever I say. Uh, and that doesn't go great for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he he doesn't die; like he gets attacked and runs away, and it's just kind of like Giovanni's done for the story. Yeah, of the yeah. Movie. He's gone until Mewtwo returns when uh, when he comes back, and Mewtwo has to confront his trauma about 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 having the worst dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but then, eventually, Mewtwo fucks off back to the facility where it was made. Its armor is also, like, broken. I'm gonna be honest. The whole sequence with Giovanni kind of feels redundant and, like, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think, like, this part would have been be- I think it would have been better if it was just, like, sort of interspersed in, like, bits and pieces. So, uh, it's like, you only get a little bit, so it's, like, a little mysterious. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think just like as a note about the whole movie, I feel like there are a lot of things that don't work well from like just a pacing and storytelling perspective. But as someone who is like uh, 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 hyper fixating on Mewtwo's character arc, I still find that I get a lot out of it anyway. Like mm-hmm. this kind of this this scene does kind of like establish. Mewtwo's relationship with the whole rest of the world. Giovanni is like, you know, Pokemon are tools used by humans. They fight on our behalf because we control them. Uh, uh, you know, um, you know, your, your, your only purpose for existence is like to be the strongest and to fight. And Mewtwo is like, hey, I'm really not satisfied with this. And Giovanni says like, I don't know, just keep being a weapon then. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think uh do you think Giovanni's family was like with the fascists in Pokemon World War II? Uh Oh, for certain. Yeah, like... probably. They either A they were with the fascists or B they were with the other fascists, the Americans, 
and uh, doing union busting down by the docks. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was it was really fucked up when uh, the FBI just dropped a bunch of electrodes on Blair Mountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Uh, so. Uh, uh, so, uh, we cut, we get our little opening credits, uh, uh, we are told the reign of Mewtwo will soon begin, and we get our heroes, uh, Ash, Misty, and Brock, just chillin'. And And Ash is engaging in some classic teen behavior of being hungry and not wanting to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, hungry and lazy. That's relatable content. Mm-hmm. I love, I love that. Uh, he really is like the Garfield of the 1999. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, someone's here to challenge Ash, uh, and he gets all his energy back for this exciting Pokemon battle. Uh, they play, uh, a- it- <laughs> It's a Euro Disco remix of the anime's first, like, American OP. It's yeah. so fucking good. It rules. <laughs> God. Uh, I just got an insert song that I don't recognize the source of because I only watch these movies of the Pokemon anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, they have a cool fight. It's very well animated. Uh, uh, they eat lunch. Uh, Team Rocket's here. Come on, with- we, we love it when Team Rocket is here. We all we do. We really they do. are very fun. Uh, they're the funny guys of Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, they they're trying to think of a plan to catch Pikachu, but uh, someone else is also watching. Uh, some mysterious person with uh, oh, I don't remember what Pokemon, but. What? It's a Firo. Yeah, Firo. It was a Firo yeah. with a camera on its neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, uh, we, we see, like, this mysterious figure who is definitely Mewtwo, and, uh, there's a woman with him, uh, uh, and, uh, he has a Dragonite deliver hologram mail to them. I really like this little scene with the Dragonite. Just yeah. Because Honestly, I think one of the strongest things about this movie is the animation. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff clearly had some real love put into it. And just this shot of it skimming across the water and then, like, coasting onto the cliffs mm-hmm. is... It's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Dragon Dragonite's uh, uh, animation just has a lot of personality to it, yeah. despite this character only being in for, like, a minute and obviously not speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh... They get their hologram mail that, where, uh, the mysterious woman who we saw earlier, uh, is inviting them to a big Pokemon challenge on New Island. Uh. Hosted by the world's greatest trainer. Mm hmm. Of course, Ash says yes. Uh, and, uh, sends Dragonite off. Team Rocket intercept the message. Uh,. But they don't know any of the details of what it's for, so they're like, oh, somebody invited him somewhere. I want to find out what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just basically get, like, the piece of paper uh, uh, that says, yes, I'm going. Uh, 
then we get the scene of like on this like island lab with like all of the like little windmills on it and Mewtwo starts like moving his hand around and makes the island all foggy. Yeah, he's like summoning a storm. Also, we see these windmills a few times. I really love them. Yeah, they they're got, cool. Like, yeah. They have they have a very fantasy feel that I feel like you don't usually see in the Pokemon setting, which is usually, mm-hmm. you know, pretty pretty distinctly modern. Mm-hmm. Modern mm-hmm. slash near future. Uh yeah. Uh, so, uh, they, uh, Mewtwo creates a big storm, and, uh, uh, our heroes get to, I, I guess this is, like, the, the ferry area or whatever. Yeah, it's like a terminal. Yeah. There's a bunch of people just, like, chilling with their Pokemon in a way that feels, like, very real and grounded. Yeah. It's nice (laughs) to see. Yeah, there's just loads of people here. Uh. Uh, nurse, or sorry, Officer Jenny and this mysterious woman who has an Eastern European accent. Uh, hey, yeah, do they ever establish, like, who she is? Is she just, like, the Harbor Authority? I guess she's just a look. I guess she's just a local. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think she's anyone really except the lady who tells you to not go out in the storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's. A- and to insert another reminder of the magic of Pokemon Tears. Yeah. Uh, she's the cackling old woman, and she's the local cackling old woman for the Dark Souls boss. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, they're saying there's a horrible storm, you can't go, but, uh, a couple trainers are like, actually, we have water-type Pokemon who know how to use swim, so we're just gonna use those instead. See ya. Mm -hmm. Uh, so... Some trainers set off. Uh, we've got, uh, and of course, Ash and Ash, Brock, and Missy only do have water types, but none are necessarily strong enough for the storm. So. Thankfully, mm-hmm. a Viking longship shows up with Meowth tied to the bow as its figurehead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love these funny Vikings. <laughs> it's so. It's such a. Com- I I don't know who came up with this, but I'm so happy because it's it is such a stupid plan, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like that's always when Team Rocket is funniest. Yeah, they're they're just doing funny Viking voices, uh, and we get a little joke in the dub of Ash saying they might be from Minnesota, uh, uh, and they give them a ride. Uh, oh, I do want to mention real quick. So there's also on, I think on Netflix, uh, yeah. another version of this film, which is a shot-for-shot shot 3D remake. Uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what if What if it was the same movie, but had, like, more camera movements and looked worse? Mm-hmm. That sounds bad. It, it's not ideal. It's not very good. The oh, I will say it is very funny, because I feel like, well, it's a little bit funny because I think something about the CG just makes Mewtwo's size look bigger. <laughs> uh, but uh, aside from that, uh, the one ch- one of the changes besides everything else is uh, uh, they're in like a funny like Lapras uh, m- 
like rope, not rowboat, uh, paddle boat. A uh, pedal boat. Yeah, they they just they replaced the fucking whole Viking thing with with something that felt a lot more generic, and I was yeah. very disappointed to see it. Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution. Uh, if for some reason you feel the urge to watch this, uh, anyways, uh, they 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 uh row out. Uh, they, uh, about halfway there, uh, the, uh, sheer power of the storm just, uh, ruins their disguises. Uh, so, uh, they have to, like, get the rest of the way there by, like, using their water types. Uh, uh, they got Staryu, they got Squirtle, they get to the island, uh, we also start we also start seeing Mew a lot in this part of the film, just sort of like <laughs> flying around, being mysterious and adorable. Uh they Mew is just having a good time yeah. over there. Uh they see the woman from before and she is very obviously Nurse Joy. Uh she's got like this weird fantasy outfit. Uh, uh and like, something I appreciate is that they don't like fuck around with her being Nurse Joy as soon as uh Ash and crew meet her. Like Brock is like, Hey, you look exactly like the nurse who I saw a missing poster for at the ferry terminal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it it really just emphasizes she's like all weird and hypnotized and she got kidnapped. But uh uh But uh for now, uh they're gonna follow her. Uh, uh, we, uh, we get, uh, the other trainers who made it to the island. Uh, one of them's got an all-water type team. Uh, one of them's got, like, more of, more of a variety. One of them goes for more, like, cuter Pokemon. Uh. I, di- I didn't notice that. I didn't notice those themes. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the... Uh, the, uh, Mew is also Team Rocket are gonna go through the sewers. Uh, Mew's like. (laughs) Mew's just like snooping on them and like (laughs) hiding around a corner every time they look over their shoulder. Yeah, just Mm -hmm. gaslighting them, Meowth especially. Like every time they turn their heads, they'll, they'll just teleport away. Mm hmm. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, soon, uh, Mewtwo shows up, uh, for the various trainers and is being scary. Uh, uh, they, uh, they try to get Gyarados to use Hyper Beam, but it fails. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, uh, very germanely to the themes, uh, you know, someone, a- uh, someone asks, like, what the heck, you're the most powerful trainer? And Mewtwo says, I am the most powerful trainer and the most powerful Pokemon. Because, folks, this, this movie and subsequently, uh, Mewtwo Returns is, is all about the transgression of false binaries. Welcome to my TED Talk. Absolutely. I'm so <laughs> glad I brought you on for this. Uh, let's go uh so what else was i gonna say uh oh yeah one thing i do like that that is like clear with like the other three trainers is they all gave their pokemon nicknames 
but yeah, and so, and some of the nicknames suck ass. <laughs> uh, there's like Fruit Brute for the uh, Venusaur. Uh, oh no! Uh, I think the other one is Count Chocula. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of I think one of them. I can't remember the names, but I the just Toys is Shell Shocker. Yeah, that's the other one that I rem- that gets brought up a lot. Uh. Uh, so, uh, uh, during, like, the commotion, uh, Joy, like, falls over and is, like, freed of Mewtwo's thrall. Uh, 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 apparently, uh, Mewtwo had kidnapped her to, like, get whatever information she had on Pokemon biology out of her mind. Which, sure, I guess. Uh... Uh, so yeah, I don't, th- I don't think that was in the no in the sub. Mewtwo said that like, oh, they just wanted to have a doctor on hand, mm-hmm. I guess, because they're they're here for to make fighting happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Team Rocket has found uh the big they cloning fa- room. <laughs> they found Dark Seed. They found fa- <laughs> yeah. They found fa- they uh. Uh, James is like, oh no, not the Chamber of Cloning. The only way out of here is cloning. Uh, but yes, uh, they find this like gear-esque cloning machine with like big tubes coming out of it that clone yeah. Pokemon are being grown in. Uh, Mewtwo like rebuilt the entire cloning apparatus on this on this facility it. and made it a lot goopier. Yeah, he he made it goopier, but he also made it more reliable because yeah, one hundred percent viability on these clones. Yeah, like yeah, what- these clones these clones are running circles around the others in terms of lifespan. Yeah, like one thing that was emphasized in like the cloning lab in like the prologue stuff is that. Mewtwo is the only one that has managed to live. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so the, so the Giger cloning machine, like, grabs Meowth and, like, takes a hair off of him, makes a new Meowth. We get, like, a little CG one on the screen. This is, also, this is maybe my favorite joke in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have this rotating Meowth on the screen and it just, and James just like, who's that Pokemon? And mm-hmm. Jesse's like, it's Meowth! Yeah, that's in the sub too. <laughs> Thank God. God. I, I'm not sure if this, this, this part was in the dub, but there, there, there is a scene like when they first go into the cute cloning lab, uh, Meowth just like sees the, uh, the, the Charizard there and is like, wow, that's a cutie and just kind of blushing. And I'm like, damn, Ma- Meowth, me too. Damn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> think that's in the dub, but I respect it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, Charizard is a cutie. Uh, so, uh, we get the clone Meowth, uh, uh, Mewtwo, uh, we, we go back to, like, Mewtwo and the trainers, and Mewtwo's telling them that humans enslave Pokemon, and Mewtwo's going to kill all the humans and all the Pokemon that are loyal to humans. It's it's mm-hmm. so fucking funny, because Brock is specifically like, oh, I get it, you're going to wipe us out for the sake of Pokemon, and Mewtwo is like, oh no, I'm also killing your pets. Mm-hmm. Fuck them. Uh, Mewtwo's just mad at everyone. Mewtwo They're has... They're not well-adjusted. Mewtwo has false consciousness. Also, 
my favorite reaction to this whole monologue about how like humans and Pokemon can never be friends. Humans must destroy be destroyed so that Pokemon can be free. Is that one guy's like, I know. I'll try and catch him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> bro, that's not like I. I mean, I, when I when you put when you put one from. of those guys in a Pokeball, they do immediately become your friend. So they I can fa- I can no, I can see where that no, idea comes no, from. No, they famously do not. You have to befriend them. Their friendship starts low unless you use a luxury ball. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's got a luxury ball. You don't know. <laughs> I'd I'd like to imagine. Imagine this movie just ends with him throwing a luxury ball at Mewtwo. He's just like, oh damn, this, yeah. this is comfy. I had a spa day, now I've kind of chilled out. They've got a widescreen in there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, uh, they, they do a big starter fight, uh, uh, Mewtwo says like he started with the starters like every trainer does. Uh, but he's got the clone ones. Uh, I think, don't, I'm trying to, I might be misremembering this, but don't they have, like, fun alternate patterns on them? Um, Yes, they all have, like, stripes. And something that I think is a shame is that later there's some other clones, but they just look normal. Yeah, they just look normal. Uh, Uh, something interesting about the stripes is in the little prologue with the, uh, you know, the juvenile starter clones, uh, they also have little stripes. So I think that that adds some texture to this. Yeah. Yes, it does. Mewtwo sort of unconsciously recreated their 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 old friends who they forgot about, mm-hmm. and I think that's nice. But what's not nice is that Mewtwo, uh, aka Mister, I hate it when humans make Pokemon fight, is making some Pokemon fight. This yeah. this whole movie gets kind of confused, and we'll talk about it when it becomes more like mm-hmm. in the front. But. Mm-hmm. It's weird how fighting is bad, except when it isn't. You yeah. Know? yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, um, so yeah, the the setup for the big fight is basically three trainers have brought one of the fully evolved starters. Uh, Ash has his Charizard, um, and each one is going to square off against their respective clones. Uh, Blastoise and Venusaur get mm-hmm. bodied immediately. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, just like Yamcha in a crater, one attack, we're done. Um, Ash's Charizard has like a bit more of an actual fight with the clone mm-hmm. Charizard. Uh, yeah, Ash- and once again, like very, very expressive uh, animation on that dragon. Charizard yeah. is a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, Ash tells it to focus on speed over power, which is like the only tactical choice. I think mm-hmm. he's ever made, um, <laughs> and it doesn't work even. It, it, so it does not work, but you know he gets he gets further, so that's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then Mewtwo is like, "Okay, I I beat them all up. You you guys suck, and now I'm going to take all of your Pokemon and use them as cloning stock." Yeah. Uh, so we get all these like these like alternately designed uh, Pokeballs flying around. They've got like. They've got, like, the sort of, like, uh, Giger theme that, uh, the, uh, cloning machine has, uh... Yeah, they got, like, these, these cool eyeballs mm-hmm. where the button is. Yeah, it, and the, they're, yeah, they're the and Millennium they're all, like, balls. Yeah, they're all, like, dark purple, so you know they're evil. Mm-hmm. Like, they're catching all the Pokemon, uh, Pikachu is the last one who manages to, 
uh, avoid capture, and eventually, like, uh, it gets caught, and, like, Ash, like, is, like, grabbing onto, uh, the Pokeball, uh, yeah. and he, he ends up, like, this, like, first of all, first they're both, like, going up this impossibly long spiral staircase, and it feels almost like a bad dream. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love um, that. And then yeah. after Pikachu gets captured, Ash tries to get the ball back, he ends up following it down a chute to the cloning facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he sees Team Rocket, and in the dub, he's just like, I don't have time for your motto, I'm busy. Yeah. Um, and he just follows the ball into the DNA extraction machine, and this is... I don't know how to describe this scene other than, like, very un-Pokemon-like, but I'm into yeah. it. Yeah. Where yeah. all these, like, little mechanical arms are grabbing at him, and he's just thrashing against them. He eventually starts tearing apart this machine's mechanisms from inside it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as as a little seven-year-old watching this in the theater, this was the hardest thing I had ever seen in my entire fucking life. Yeah, uh, exactly. Th- this movie as a whole, I think, is interesting in terms of an adaptation standpoint because Mm -hmm. fights happen in it but they are largely like either quickly over or deliberately pointless and hopeless Mm -hmm. and all all the big action scenes are just like you know ash and his friends being buffeted about by the waves of a storm ash like tearing open a machine from inside things like that and uh, ash like later he's climbing down a rock wall it it creates a very distinct uh i don't know if tone's the right word but it makes it feel very different from Mm -hmm. most of this franchise's material to me yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh it i guess i i don't know why but i am just thinking of like uh fuck of like pc game intros where like you get like a much more like less abstract version of what happens in the games mm-hmm. that, that's just sort of what it reminds me of like uh so yeah he gets like he's like fighting with this machine uh uh and like uh it it gets stopped when all of the clones start like Coming out of the tubes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the cloning equipment itself starts to explode from the stress Ash put on it. Mm-hmm. And that also frees all the original Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we then... So all the clones are out here uh, in this big battle arena. And then uh, Ash like dramatically walks out of the smoke with all of the originals. There's, there's like, a military march playing. <laughs> and then he just tries to punch Mewtwo. Oh, he tries to fist fight God. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you saw a fucking dragon 20 times your size fire a laser at it, and that didn't work. Mm-hmm. What's your game plan here? No one no one accused this boy of being smart. Now that's very true. That's true. <laughs> I I will give him credit where credit's due. No one has ever tried this before. Uh for good reason. You know, well yeah, he should have known. Fighting is not very effective against psychic. Mhm. Yes. Oh, so true. It's true. Uh 
So maybe if Ash turned into a bug first, then he'd have a better chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we get this big Pokemon versus Pokemon fight, and yeah, M- it, Mew shows yeah. up and he's is fighting with Mewtwo. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I don't think this line is in the dub, but like uh. You know, specifically, Mewtwo is saying, like, oh, our, my clones are all better, we're gonna kick your ass, because we're, 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 we're the superior guys, and Mew says, like, no, the, actually, the originals are cooler, you might have better attacks, but if we just straight up fist fight, then our guys will win, so Mewtwo is like, okay, let's do that, and that's why all the Pokemon are just, like, wailing on each other without any, like, beams okay. or okay. anything. That's definitely not what's in the dub. In the dub, Mew gives like this monologue which Meowth translates about how real strength comes from the heart, not special oh. powers. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> Mew <laughs> just says Mew just says, what if we what if we just kicked each other's asses? What if we just what if we just what if we just hit each other? <laughs> I can I can see why they did not translate that directly. Yeah. Because I... it is stupid. Uh huh. Just, just like I'm not, I'm not even. I'm not even thinking of. Oh, that'll set such a bad example for the children. I'm just like, bro. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh. Uh. Mew and Mewtwo. Uh. Smoke and hit each other with chairs and kiss. <laughs> we get this. Okay. I don't know what the soundtrack is like in the Japanese, like original and the sub. In the dub, like as this all-out battle starts we get this extremely goofy soft rock song about oh, like no. brotherhood <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it, like listen i i don't think this is going to be the moodiest sequence in the movie regardless but i think that choice just completely kills it because it's like oh look at all this horrible carnage while some guy noodles around on an acoustic guitar <laughs> wow in major key uh-huh <laughs> Yeah, Sub didn't have that. It was kind of just like standard movie soundtrack. No insert song or anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of this, like, fight sequence isn't really that noteworthy. I did see a shot where two Nidoqueens are, like, beating the hell out of each other. Mm -hmm. But then there's a couple of Vaporeons, which just seem like they're kind of, like, hopping around. They're just running around. They're just playing. They're frolicking. Yeah. Um... Anyway, this, this is what I alluded to earlier, where, like, th- the back third of this movie gets into, like, some weird, oh, this fighting is so senseless mm-hmm. moral, mm-hmm. but it's a franchise about how fighting kicks ass and the Pokemon love it. Yeah. So you, can, yeah. you have a bunch of, like, these weird kind of Weasley statements, like, Pokemon aren't meant to fight like this. Mm-hmm. And, or it's oh, it's not right for Mewtwo to make them battle this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I they promise should... it's normally okay, children. Yes, Pokemon should be using their four moves, and you should be using items on them to heal them. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. First, first, I want to say I don't know why I find it so, fu- why I found it so funny just watching that one Pikachu slap the shit out of the other it one. Goes <laughs> but it on was forever. really funny. It's mm-hmm. like a fucking Family Guy joke. <laughs> What? They're, they're beat. What if, be, it's what if original... one Pikachu was just 
slapping the shit out of another Pikachu. <laughs> An original Pikachu keeps, like, getting knocked to the ground and, like, getting back up and staggering over, just getting slapped some more until, until at, Pikachu just, like, gets mm-hmm. too tired to keep doing it. At it's... one point, at one point, Ash's Pikachu just shakes his head like, no, I won't fight you, and then he gets slapped again. Yeah. They're like, I, th- I think this is what Jesus meant when he was talking about turning the other cheek. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's a, it's actually a lot more powerful here because the cheeks are electrified. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but 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 also, yeah, like, um, in the sub, Nurse Joy has a deranged line where, where she's like, "Well, these creatures won't back down because they're creatures, and they will never like see, you know." They will never, like, cede territory to one another. They will always have to fight because it's in their nature. I and humans are the only ones who... I, it's it's deranged. That's... It makes no goddamn I, sense. I don't oh think God. that's true about Pokemon or animals. No. No. I, there is famously a, like, fight, flight, or freeze instinct. Yeah. Like, Nurse Joy is just like, all Pokemon are on site with each other all the time. Listen, she's not a, she's a veterinarian, not like a evolutionary psychologist or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, uh, everyone gets so tired from 1v1ing each other, except Mew and Mewtwo, who are still at it. Uh, yeah, I, I guess they're not technically not using attacks, but they are just, like, floating around in bubbles, bouncing into each other. Yeah. Uh, and Ash realizes that this is the only way to stop it, is to, like, get them to stop somehow. Just break up the fight. So, his solution to this is to jump in the middle of a beam struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and as they are both hit... Uh, he, uh, quote-unquote, dies by, uh, turning to stone. Now, there's no reason he should turn to stone. Like, they were definitely going to just have him die, and then somebody was like, guys, this is a cartoon for children, right? <laughs> we, we can't show the corpse of a ten-year-old on on the big screen. Uh, those kids are, go- are traumatized enough as it is. <laughs> yeah, the kids are already so sad and and emotionally damaged after seeing Pikachu get slapped a hundred times. We can't do this to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so Pikachu ends up like shocking his petrified body a bunch of times, trying to revive him. And then this he starts. Scene is sad. Pikachu's Pikachu's just sad about it. Yeah, no, it it, it genuinely is pretty sad. And then Pikachu starts crying, and then. All the other Pokemon are, like, overcome with the pointlessness of this whole struggle, and they start crying. Uh, we get a shot of both Blastoises, who look very much like they have doofy grins on their face, but mm-hmm. they're also crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to, like, stop for a moment to, like, tell you about uh, my friend Argyle's story about this. He, uh, oh, let's go. He told me about this last night, uh... Uh, he wanted it to be told on air, so I'm telling it. Uh, so, it's like 1999 or 2000 or what have you. Uh, he's a little kid. He, he's got the family VCR. He's rented a copy of Pokemon the movie. Uh, uh, he's watching the film, and, uh, when Ash dies, the tape gets eaten. 
Oh, oh no. Uh, so that's just what he's left with for many years. Uh, this is, th- that's the last he ever sees of this movie for many years. <laughs> the tape died and so did Ash. Uh, what if Ash just died? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. God. So, as we have, as suggested in the past in this episode, uh, all of the Pokemon start crying, and the tears sort of, like, leave their faces and go into a sort of shower onto Ash, uh, restoring him to life. It is... Amazing seeing all of these Pokemon cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're so they're so sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ash is miraculously restored to life with the power of Pokemon tears, uh, and then the storm clears out. Uh, Mewtwo now understands that uh, it is not the circumstances of your birth that. Uh, determines who you are, and they come out as non-binary. Exactly. uh, My note here is just, Mewtwo understands now and says some trans stuff. Uh, Uh, And and then... And then they just decide to, like, be a dick one last time. And he's like, what happened here I will always remember, but perhaps for you these events are best forgotten. And then I guess... I guess, like, Mewtwo reverses time? I think no, they erase everyone's memories. Yeah. Right, but also after that, they're at the ferry station again, and it's storming out. But like, so Nurse it, Joy is here. It seems like he just like stopped himself from kidnapping Nurse Joy or sending out the invites. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I've, but, it feels more likely to me that they just teleported everyone out or something like that. I, I think he used. But then why is the storm? I I think he used his well. Also, the storm then like clears up immediately. So I think mm. he used the power of his stand. Uh, uh, what's it fucking called? Uh, the one from part five. Uh, he uses the power of his his stand. I love I love King the Crimson. One from yeah, part King Crimson. Five. Yeah, he uses the he uses the power of his stand, King Crimson, to undo these events or what have you. <laughs> Uh, and it's the, everyone's, everyone's forgotten what's happened. Uh, they're, they're back. Uh, here, here's the thing though. We know that Mewtwo still has all of their cloned Pokemon. Yeah. So I, so, so, so we know that that is permanent. Yeah. Yeah. He did some real time fuckery. Uh, also, Team Rocket is just still on the island, but there's no facility <laughs> on it anymore. <laughs> so they just get to chill out for a while. And, and Meowth is like, ah, finally, a happy ending. We're alone in the mm-hmm. middle of the sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get, then we get our credits, uh, which are just, which is just like sort of a traveling montage of our heroes. This is, this is what plays at the end of every Pokemon game after you beat the Elite Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the tape shows a preview of Pokemon the Movie 2000, The Power of One. Uh, 
and an ad for the trading card game league. Uh, Hell yeah. Uh, nice. And I guess that ends, ends this uh, episode. Uh, so we've got some questions, naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to send in questions, you can either send it in uh, on on our Twitter posts, or you can send them in on the Discord, in the mailbag channel. Uh, we've got, uh, two on Twitter, two on Discord. Our first question on Twitter comes from It's Luke at SSJ Speed Racer, who says, Why are Mewtwo's fingers like that? Listen. Hmm. I mean, Mewtwo doesn't really need to hold anything. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm only just remembering the uh, something that was said on my my YouTube series, "Sexy Mewtwo Review," but I shan't repeat it. Mm-hmm. I assume it was something about Mewtwo masturbating or something like that. Uh, uh, so, I think I think he can just do what he wants. Maybe they're maybe they're sticky or something. Uh, oh, I don't want to think about that. Mm-hmm. That's awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, or maybe they just—they're base—they're his nodes. They're his psychic nodes that he extends yeah. his powers out into. Yeah, he, he, he power is six, stored. Six power tiny is stored. Supplementary brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, psychic power is stored in the balls on the ends of your fingers. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Uh, our next question from Dark and Stormy Night Sky at Genuine No Prize. Do you think they could have done more with the, uh, Pokemon who is a trainer concept? You know, I I think it's a fun idea. I remember reading something, and I don't know if this is a thing that's actually in the game or if this is just a fan theory, but, like, the idea that N from, uh, Gen 5 was, like, uh, a Pokemon disguised as a human. That that sounds fun. I don't know if it's real or not. It just sounds fun. I don't think it is, or at least like they didn't keep it in the game. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, maybe it was at some point during development. Uh, this is only tangential, but I remember reading about how in Sun and Moon, um, Lusamine or whatever fuses with Neolego, but then she's just like a regular trainer fight. Mm-hmm. Incredible. That's sort of the exact (laughs) inverse, but I feel like that is uh, lost potential. I do definitely think... I feel like it's tricky, because in order for that to really, like, be anything, you have to set up circumstances that make it important to the story, because otherwise it's just, like, a trainer who is (laughs) a Pokemon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just want to see Pokemon doing more human stuff in general. I want to see Pikachu file this taxes. I want to see, uh, you know, I want to, see, you know, I want to see a uh, a uh, uh, Bulbasaur have to talk to his union rep. I I just think that would be funny. Mm-hmm. And also, also answer B, alternate answer. I think humans and Pokemon should be able to matrix evolve from Digimon. I thought you were about to say I think humans and Pokemon should be able to make love. That too. I mean, that goes without saying. <laughs> uh, someday we'll talk Listen. about the Latios and Latias film. <laughs> 
Let's see. Uh, our next question on Discord from Kitty Cat Herder. Uh, how do you think people would have felt <laughs> if the prologue Origins of Mewtwo was kept with the initial localization of the film instead of, that, of added as an extra later? It would have contextualized I mean, the no, whole thing sorry, with the Pokemon tears. Yeah, I, I think we touched on this a bit, but um, definitely I think... Again, I can kind of understand why they took it out, but I think the story mm-hmm. works a lot better with it in. Mm-hmm. For sure, I I agree. I think it adds like more texture to Mewtwo as a character, and also like yeah, establishes th- some thematic stuff. It doesn't make the t- the crying thing make more sense, but it does make it more thematic. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I I th- I said this earlier in the episode, but I think like. A lot of the prologue stuff, including the stuff that was on the VHS, as well as, like, the origins of Mewtwo, I think if you were to, like, make it a more, like, complete film using those, I think it would be best to, like, insert them at certain points in the film to, like, you know, add a little more context, leave it a little vague so, you know, it's not, like, over overdoing it. Uh, uh, I think that's, I think just, like, integrate it a little more cleverly instead of like front loading it uh dark wizard james mason asks uh people talk about pokemon tears but why the hell does mew and mewtwo's energy attacks turn ash to stone uh they used uh is, is there a a move that just petrifies is it just petrify uh i don't think anything petrifies anybody in pokemon hmm I don't think that's one of the status conditions, but I thought about this one, and I think I have a cohesive answer that will satisfy everybody. Hell yeah. So, we, we know that this movie is about the transgression of binaries. So, we see that with Mewtwo. Uh, welcome to my TED Talk. Here we go. It's starting. Uh, so, Mewtwo at the beginning of the movie, like, you know, after they bust out of their tank, one of the first things they ask is like, so what exactly is Mew to me? Are they my mother? Are they my father? And the scientist is like, hmm, kind of both, kind of neither. So, we're, we're kind of already establishing, like, Mewtwo as a creature that exists outside of binaries. Like, not quite human, not quite Pokemon, like, not quite trainer, not quite Pokemon, like, also canonically genderless. They're a legendary. That's, that's just a fact and that no one can dispute with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so towards the end of the movie is when we, we start to see some of these binaries get broken down. Like, Nurse Joy says the thing about, like, you know, the unhinged thing about two Pokemon not being able to share the same territory, but the end everyone's kind of just chilling and vibing because they got tired of fighting, uh, you know. And then, you know, earlier we get the thing where, like, only humans cry tears out of sadness, but now the Pokemon are crying. So, so, so what does this mean? It means we're, 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 we're transgress- yeah, we're, we're transgressing these binaries. Like, these, these arbitrary distinctions are starting to matter a lot less. So why does Ash turn to stone? Uh, because he was caught between two opposing forces. He got hit by the middle of the beam struggle. So this, I think, reflects and parallels uh, Mewtwo's own circumstance of being caught between two opposing binary sides. And what what happens to Ash? He doesn't exactly die. He 
turns to stone. He's not living or dead. He became inorganic, kind of like a third thing. And how he came back to life was through the transgression of these boundaries through Pokemon Tears. So using a kind of magical dream logic, it makes sense. And I think we can all agree that the answer to this question, Ash turned to stone and then came back to life through Pokemon Tears because he's trans. That's uh, I also have a theory. Uh-huh. I think they were using hypnosis and he wasn't dead. He was just sleeping. He's just sleeping. Yeah. Damn, Pikachu <laughs> couldn't even wake him up. He's just sleeping and gray with his eyes open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. That was beautiful. Uh, so, uh, that, uh, that sort of, uh, wraps things up. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I guess we can, uh, do our little outro stuff. Uh, let's do some plugs. Uh, I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places. You can find them at, uh, biggerchallenge.card.co, where, which is just a list of all my podcasts, which includes Pot of Greed, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Uh, we are making our way through, uh, season four of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, the one that never got dubbed. Uh, it, at this point, it's just going through like a whole bunch of episodes where, uh, all the side characters get like their, like, plots resolved so they can finish the series as well as focus on the final arc. Uh, we've got the Sonic Shuffle, Sonic Podcast. Uh, we, uh, recently recorded a Halloween special that'll, that should be going up sometime soon. Uh, we read some Sonic creepypasta that I, uh, we read one that Slowbeef talked about once on Rats of Prey many years ago, and also two others that happened to also be on the site that are definitely written by little kids. They're great. <laughs> uh, you can listen to, let's see, I, oh, wow, cool robot. It's a Gundam podcast. Uh, I'm, I am on with, uh, Yuria of Six Feet Thunder for the season where we cover, uh, Gundam Build Fighters, uh, which is the wow cool robot of Gundam. It's just, uh, people doing, like, card game anime style, uh, uh, competitive battles with Gundam, or with Gunpla, the toys, uh, and it's great, uh, they, they like brought back a character they brought a character who died in Mobile Suit Gundam back to life as a mentor figure. Uh they uh there's a gunpla idol. Uh there's uh it's very good, it's very fun. It's also airing concurrently with uh the season on the uh, current season of Gundam, which is uh uh G Witch, the Witch from Mercury. Uh, so you can also check that out. Uh, let's see. Uh, you, and also, yeah. Uh, you can also visit at Xbox underscore holiday, where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. Happy um, Halloween, Xbox! Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Ooh, Ooh, spooky. Spooky Xbox games. Uh, uh, that what if what if what if you took a knife and carved a jack-o'-lantern face into the side of an xbox mm-hmm. it would probably still work yeah uh 
just I, I bet it's glowing green in there. I bet it would look great. What if you just like took out took an Xbox and like put it in a Jackie O uh and you put like an X on the on the pumpkin. I think it would still work. Uh <laughs> I think it would work. Uh so that's it for me. Uh 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 Maxi, you go next. Sure thing. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Max Knightley. That's M-A-X-K-N-I-G-H-T-L-E-Y. Uh, and the podcast I'm most active on is Eidolon Playtest, an actual play podcast uh, where we test out a system that's a couple folks on the team built, uh, heavily inspired by the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and Persona series. We have recently started Season 3, Eidolon Ska and Eidolon Disco. That is a completely new setting with a new slate of characters. Uh, Really into how it's going so far. And if you have been thinking about checking that out but haven't gotten around to it yet, now is the perfect time to do so. Alright. Hell yeah, I listened to the, uh, the two new episodes already and I'm already so invested. I'm glad to hear it. It's real good. I, I hope I, you enjoy my little bug. I I'm I'm already a fan. Uh, uh Emery, uh where can we find you? Alright, so you can find my fur affinity, my username is Space Robot. You can get in touch with me about art commissions on Discord if you know me there, or at spacerobotart at gmail.com, that's S-P-A-C-E-R-O-B-T-A-R-T at gmail.com. I'm also on the podcast Gone Will Hunting, which is a Hunter Hunter podcast where we just released a bunch of new episodes. I'm also on the podcast Digimon Ghost Gaze here on the Noise Space Network, where we're talking about Digimon Ghost Game, a very fun and spooky series for for which is uh which would be good to get into right now if you haven't already for the this the spooky month of October when we're recording. Um, I also have a brand new podcast that just released, uh, called We Rate Queerbait. Uh, it is a show where we explore the blurry line between homie and homo. Uh, we talk about all of the obviously gay couples in fiction that should have been canon and rate them on three criteria, no hetero, no homo, and no romo. Uh, and I think that's about it for me. All right. Uh, we're on Noise Space. That's noisespace.xyz, uh, or Z, if you're an American. Uh, you can find all sorts of really good podcasts on there, including the ones that I mentioned earlier. Uh, uh, the ones mentioned earlier. You can also find, uh, let's see, you can find Zero to Zero, uh, superhero movie podcast. Uh, I hi- highly recommend that it, uh, they're going through Ghost Rider. You can listen to Sounds About Light, uh, Kingdom Hearts podcast. They are uh, steadily making progress through Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. Uh, you can listen to, uh, let me see what this one's titled, uh, Gay Friends Chainsaw Dog Sanctuary. It's a Chainsaw Man podcast. Uh, Diet, Li- Diet Coke and Lilith's House of Snacks. It's about snacks. And many, many more. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, and of course, you can follow us on Twitter at VGTMTP. 
and uh, you can join our Discord, uh, where you can where you can send questions into our mailbag. Uh, oh, I almost forgot. What movie do we want to talk about next month? Uh, I have no idea. Hmm. I completely forgot to think about that at all. Yeah. Um. Actually, after watching this uh, Nintendo animated film. I found myself remembering this other film that uh Nintendo made. It's a little bit of an obscurity, but I'm I think it's pretty fun. Uh it's the Professor Layton animated film. Let me look up Oh. A... Oh. Yeah. I didn't know there didn't was know... one of those. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't know there that. was an anime. Yeah. Let's see Professor Layton anime film. Uh let me just look up the title. It is called Professor Layton and the Eternal Diva. Uh, it's from 2009, uh, it's very, it's animated, it's, uh, I remember watching it a couple years ago, and it has this very, uh, Castle of Cagliostro sort of vibe to it. It's really neat. Uh, I think we'll do that next month. Alright, sounds good. Yeah. Uh. Hell yeah. That's it for me. That's it for us. So, uh, until next time, this ain't no game. The entire Pokemon phenomenon is the enemy. Pokemon World is the world of the demonic, of the satanic. Coming soon to a theater near you, Pokemon the movie joins Pokemon the video game, and Pokemon the trading card has must-sees and must-haves. To start us off tonight, NBC News correspondent Herman King. But I believe these words came from the Pokemon movie. Life can be a challenge. It's never easy when there's so much on the line. But you and I can make a difference. Just look inside and you will find the Pokemon movie.